Today we're going to look at the parable of the bags of gold or the parable of the talents. They changed the name. I'm using the newer NIV. They changed the name from talents to bags of gold. I think to, to, to not have so much confusion, a talent was a weight, a measurement of, of money in biblical times. Obviously for us, a talent is something that you're, you've been gifted with. So I think that's the reason they changed it. So I'm going to refer to them as a talent throughout this because that's how I originally learned the story. But most of your modern translations have probably changed that from, from talents to bags of gold. Same thing, right? We'll talk about how much the talent was and all that. But uh, I think they did that to, to help maybe clarify. I think for those of us who've read the Bible before, it maybe doesn't actually help. It makes it a little harder, but it is what it is. So the story is found in Matthew 25. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, it will be on the screen. Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. In Matthew's gospel, it follows right behind the parable we saw last week. We went through the parable of the ten virgins. In his gospel, this one comes, comes next, and it's the parable of the talents, or the bags of gold. This is what we're going to jump into here in verse 14. This is what Jesus says. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, or a talent, right? To another, two bags, and to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So the story begins with a rich, probably landowner, uh, who entrusts his wealth to his servants. Now, in the biblical times, this was fairly common. Depending on how the economy was, it actually was more beneficial sometimes to be a servant or a slave than to be a free person. Rome had actually set laws that, uh, that had protection, essentially, for slaves. So if the, if the economy was bad, if things were going poorly, your owner, your master, actually had to provide for you. If you were a free person, you didn't have that assurance. And so there were times throughout the history of the Roman Empire, where it actually would have been better to be a, s- a servant or a slave than to be free. And what we have from, historically we know, that there were all kinds of people who were considered servants or slaves who actually ran their, their master's entire household, who were very gifted financially. And so what we have here is the master's leaving. He's going to be gone for an extended period of time, and so he's going to trust his servants with what he believes they can handle, right? He's going to trust them with his finances. He's hoping that they will take his finances and make, him, make them grow while he's gone, Right? put him to work and, and have something better when he gets back. But he's trusting them with a lot, okay? And so as you see here, we have three different people. You have the first person who's been given five bags of gold or five talents, okay? A talent is 75 pounds of gold. So I looked it up today. The price of gold today, according to the internet, so it's according to the internet, so just remember that if you have gold, don't quote me, is $1,223.70 per ounce of gold right now. That would make a pound of gold worth $19,579.20. So in today's currency, a talent of gold, 75 pounds, would be 1.4, over $1.4 million. So the first person, the first servant, is given five talents of gold, five bags of gold. So in today's currency, we're talking what? That's $1.4 million a bag. Do the math. A lot, right? It's a lot of money of gold. The second person, second servant, is given two bags of gold. So you're looking at almost, almost $3 million right there, right? And the, the last servant is trusted with one, which is still $1.4 million in today's currency. We're talking about a lot of money, right? This isn't 15 bucks and go see what you can do. This is a lot, a lot of money. The master is trusting his servants with a lot. Whether you're the servant who was given five bags of gold, five talents, or the servant given one, it's still a lot. It's a substantial amount of money. And notice that Jesus says that the master gives the servants, in verse 15, according to their ability. 
So the master knows his servants, knows what they can and cannot do, knows their gifts and their actual talents, right? And says, okay, this servant, he's good. He's good. He can be trusted with five. This one, not as good as the the other servant, but he's still got gifts and talents and abilities. And I I trust him. I know him. I know he can do something great with this. He gives that one too. And the last one, he goes, I'm not sure about his ability, but I'm going to trust him still with one. Now, whether you're five, two, or one, you've been given a lot, right? The master is putting confidence in every one of his servants because he doesn't doesn't give nothing to any of the servants, right? He gives something to all of them. He's trusting them according to what he believes they can do. And so he trusts the one with five, obviously, more than he trusts the one who he gives just one. But no matter what, if they're given five, two, or one, he still has trust in all his servants that they can produce, that they can do something for him in his home, in his business, and his finances. And so he gives the, those bags of, of gold to the servants and leaves. Goes. That's, and then Jesus tells us that's all the direction he gives. He doesn't give them any direction, right? According to Jesus' story, according to the parable. doesn't say, hey, this is what I want you to do with the money while I'm gone. He just gives them the money and goes. Let's see what happens in verse 16. It says, The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So the guy who was given five, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, that what's he do? He doubles the money. But what I want you to see is in the second line there. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work. He doesn't sit, doesn't say, I'm take the day off, right? Master's going to be gone for a long time. This is a long journey. They know where he's going, how long it'll take him, and how long he'll be back, right? The guy with five bags has been trusted with five bags because the master knows as soon as he leaves, he'll go straight to work. Now put yourself in the servant's shoes. Maybe you've been there. Maybe it's been a while since you've been there. But imagine, for me just for a minute, imagine that you are a 17-year-old kid and your parents are going away for the weekend and they give you directions. And the directions is, this house better be clean when we get back, right? Just put, this is, I'm sure it's never happened to any of you because you all are so good. But just put yourself in that person, that kid's shoes, right? 17 years old, parents are gone for the weekend, they'll be back late Sunday. When are you cleaning the house? Late Sunday, right? You're not cleaning Friday when they leave. You're not going to work right away to clean the house, right? You're going to wait. You're putting it off. You've got things to do. You've got friends to go see. You've got stuff to do. You're going to do it as late as possible. One, so you don't mess the house back up, right, after you've cleaned it. And two, because you're a teenager and you're going to procrastinate. Now imagine if you're a servant and your master's going away for a long, long time. Do you have time to invest the money, to do something with the money? Yeah. Do you need to go to work right away? Maybe not. But we see with the guy who's given five bags, remember his master said, I trust him. I know his ability. We see with the guy with five bags that as soon as the master's gone, he's going straight to work. He's investing, he's doing whatever he has, and he doubles the master's money right away. Now the second guy, the guy who's been given two bags, we don't hear if he goes to work right away or not. 
Look at verse 17. It just says, So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. It doesn't say he went to work right away. Maybe he waited a little bit, right? Because the master's going to be gone for a while. I'm going to do the teenager thing. I'm going to wait for a little bit. Then I'll go get to work. I'll do it tomorrow. We don't know if he goes to work right away. It doesn't seem to be, but we know he does double his monies too, just like the guy with five bags. But verse 18 tells us of the man who's been given one. And remember, the detail is very important from the last verse. The master gave them according to their ability, to what he believed they can do. And what does the guy with one bag do in verse 18? Jesus tells us he goes and digs a hole and hides the money and is done. The only work he does is digging the hole. That's it. It's the only work he does. He goes and digs a hole, puts the money in there, covers it back up, goes home. And does nothing with the rest of his time while the master's away. The guy with five bags, we are told, goes to work right away. The guy with two, maybe not right away, but goes to work still. The guy with one just digs a hole, buries it, and go home, plays Xbox, right? Watches Netflix, whatever he's going to do. They didn't have those things, and I know, right? I know that. But. He goes home and, and sits. He doesn't go to work. He bur- literally buries it in a hole and calls it good. We're going to continue the story and see what happens when the master gets back and, and the justification of why the man with one bag does what he does, okay? Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The master comes back. He starts with the top. He goes to the guy who's been given five bags. And what is the guy, what's he he able to say? It's nice when your parents got home and the house was clean, right? You actually do what you're supposed to do. You're pretty proud of yourself. He's proud of himself. He says, master, you gave me five bags of gold. You gave me five talents worth of gold. Look what happened. I doubled your money. Here's five more. The master's response, of course, is well done. Great job. You have been faithful. You have been good. And because of that, and notice what the master says is this is important in verse 21. It says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. A few things. What I tell you, one bag, one town of gold was worth in today's money, right? One, over $1.4 million. The master says, I gave you five bags. That was a few things. You did good in that. Now, I don't want to speak towards any of your financial things, but $1.4 million isn't a few things to me. I don't know about you, right? It's unimaginable. But this master says, you were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Your talents have only just barely been put to work. We've only scratched the surface of what I believe you can do and what I will have you do in my household. He says, come and share in my happiness. Now we're going to see what happens to the man with two bags, right? In verse 22, it says, the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. 
His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Just $3 million, no big deal. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now I want to pause here before we get to the third man. What do we see? What's the common thread between one and two? How does the master respond? Same exact way, right? The words are identical. From the guy who was given five bags and doubled it to the guy who was given two bags and doubled it. Now the guy who was given five bags technically made three more bags of gold, right? Than the guy who was given two bags. But the master doesn't care. The master said, I gave you this responsibility. I gave you these bags of gold. This is what I asked you to do. And you were faithful in doing it. Both of them doubled what the master gave them. And so the master's response to them is the exact same. Well done. You have been good. You have been faithful. And I will put you in charge of many things. Now we get to the man who was given one bag. Verse 24 says this, And the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is. Here, excuse me, is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest or have not sown, and I gather or I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. See, what we're actually finding out here in verse 24, 25, 26, and 27 is the heart of the, of the third servant. He buried the money because he said, man, I, I don't want to face the master if I fail, right? I'm scared of failing. I don't want to face him. He's a shrewd businessman. I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to go bury it. What we're learning about him is that he's, he's lazy. He didn't want to work. That he's, he operates out of fear, which is a terrible way of operating. If you operate out of fear, you'll never accomplish much of anything in your life. Fear is not a good motivator, just so you know. It doesn't accomplish what you want. It actually inca- incapacitates your body, right? It makes you n- unable to make decisions and, and good decisions if you operate from fear. He's lazy. He's afraid, and he blames other people. Notice his response in verse 24 and 25. Who's he blaming? He blames the master for his own laziness. He says, man, I was scared. I was, just, I was afraid that you were going to respond this way. Those are what we refer to as excuses, right? Anybody who's ever had kids knows all about that, right? You're giving me an excuse. right? I don't need an excuse. Tell me what happened. Don't give me an excuse. Excuses aren't good. They're not worth anything. Tell me what happened. And what he's giving, what he's offering to the master is excuses. So his master's reply is fitting. I said, I want you to think about this for a minute. The, the, the third servant doesn't trust the master. He doesn't have belief in the master. He doesn't love the master. He doesn't care about the master. He treats his money like it's nothing. He puts it in a hole. And the master's response is, you could at least went to the bankers, gave it to them, and I would have got some interest back from it, and you would have done nothing more. Actually, you wouldn't have had to dug a hole. You should have walked maybe a little further, right? I mean, really, if you, want to, if you want to give no effort to this, the master says, go to the bank and put, give him my money. I'll at least get interest back when I get back. It would have taken you no more work. You couldn't even do that. Of course you couldn't do that. He doesn't care about the master. He doesn't think his master is good. And the story doesn't end well for our third servant. 
So what happens? Verse 28. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more. They will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not good. Just FYI, if you don't know much about the Bible, weeping and gnashing of teeth, of course, is an is a echoing to punishment. Right? That's how the story ends. It's the third servant. What, his give, what he has is taken from him, given to the first servant, and he's thrown outside into punishment. And I want you to think about this story as God as the master. God's the master. Who are the servants? Yeah, this story, it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's fun when it's a hypothetical servants. When it's, we get to the meaning of it, it's a little difficult and makes us squirm a little bit in our seats, doesn't it? Because if the master's God, we're the servants. And God doesn't care if you've been given five bags of gold as your talent or two bags of gold or one. He expects faithfulness. Maybe you and I, are, we're just we're two bag kind of people. We're not the five bags. God doesn't care. His response to the person with two bags who doubled those bags was the same as his response to the person who was given five and double it. And you know what? His response would have been the same for the guy who had one if he would have went to work and done it. So all God is asking from us is faithfulness. That's his response to the two servants, right? To the guy with five bags and the guy with two bags, his response is well done, good, and faithful servant. You did good. And God has gifted you with some talents, with some abilities. I don't know what they are. Hopefully you've figured them out by now. And all God's asking us to do is to be faithful according to what he's gifted us with. All he's asking of us is to be faithful with what he has given us. He's not asking you to do something out of, out of your realm of influence, out of your sphere of, of talents and gifts and ability. He's asking you to do something with what he's given you. And he doesn't take excuses very well. And so he's, he's asking you and he's asking me to do something for the kingdom. Because that's what this is all about. It's not about, the story isn't about just some rich guy who's getting richer, right? That's not what the point of the story is about. The point of the story is about the kingdom of God. And what are you going to do with your talents for the kingdom? Because you can do something. You can do something. God's gifted you with the ability to do something. What is it? And how can you use it for his glory? Remember, I pointed something out to you here. Look at verse 23. His master replied, this is the guy with two bags. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a, a few things. God's just asking you and I to be faithful with a few things. Whatever it is and whomever he's placed in our life, that's who he's asking us to be faithful with. A few things. So I don't need you to go way big and, 
and, and go and try to save the whole world yourself. What I need you to do is just be faithful right where you are with what you have. And you know what? We can do that. That's why this story should scare us a little bit. If it was, hey, I need you to fly to Africa tomorrow, and I need you to, 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 to go there to the most remote village, and I need you to win those people to Christ, you'd be like, you'd be like well, that's not my gift in this, so I'm good. That's not what God's asking us to do. God's asking you to be faithful right where you are, at work tomorrow, at home today, at the grocery store on Tuesday, at the ball game on Wednesday. God's asking you and I to be faithful right where we are, and we can do that. And when we do, God's response to us will be, well done. You've been good, and you've been faithful. And that's all we want to hear, is it not? At the end of our days, well done. You were good, and you were faithful. That's it. That's all I'm hoping for. I don't know about you. That's all I need to hear, is you did what you could with what you had. That's all God's asking us to do. And we can do it. It's not always easy. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. We're going to make a mistake. That's okay. All God asks is we keep getting back up and keep trying. It's the moment we quit trying is that we get ourselves in trouble, is it not? The moment we stop and give up is when we're in trouble. Never, ever give up. Our God is way too big and is way too good to give up on. He never and has never and will never give up on us. Despite our failures, our shortcomings, our weaknesses, God says, I can do something with you. Give me your heart. The Bible tells us that he knocks at the door. He knocks, he knocks, he knocks, and he just keeps on knocking, and we don't answer the door, and he doesn't go away, right? He's worse than Jehovah's Witnesses. He keeps knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking, and going and going, and he's not leaving, and it's Saturday morning, and we're in our pajamas still, and we don't want to get up, and God's going, nope, answer the door. And how often have people come because God has simply never gave up on them? Because he doesn't, he doesn't give up on us. Because he wants us more than anything. He, should, he proved that to us with the cross, did he not? And so the last thing we should ever do is give up on him. Like he's given you a gift, whatever it is, that you can use for his kingdom and his glory. And it might not be up here. That's okay. Like if you never stand up here, God's pretty okay with that. God will do something with you. He can change and transform this world through people who are just faithful to him. He's been doing it for 2,000 years plus. And we'll continue to do it in the future if we're just faithful. We can offer excuses. We can tell God why we can't. He's not really into those and doesn't really want to hear it. What he wants us to do is to never ever give up and to just keep going and keep trying and keep giving our best. That's all he's ever asked of us and that's all he will ever ask of us. And you and I can do that. To our very last breath, we can be faithful. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come here today and to, to read this story. It's an, it's an impactful story, God, on what you do with us as your servants. You're the master of 
We're your servants, God, and we are in awe of, of all that you can accomplish through us and with us if we just give ourselves wholly and completely to you. So God, we give you our hearts today and every day. We ask that you would help us as we go out from this place today. We go home or we go back to work tomorrow or the grocery store, wherever we're going to interact with people who don't know you yet. We ask for your wisdom and your guidance as we interact with them. We want to be great examples of what it means to follow after you with all of our lives, God. And we know we're going to make mistakes. We know we're going to mess up. We know we're not perfect. You know that. You know us better than we know ourselves. We ask that you would help us to never give up and never quit. To trust you with everything we have. God, we're thankful that Jesus is our perfect example of that. Someone who never gave up and who never quit. Despite being falsely accused of things, of, of, of going through a, a court that could be described nothing more than a mockery, being hung on an execution stake, beaten first for committing no crime. And yet he remained faithful to you the entire time. So God, we know if Jesus can do that, we can remain faithful to you with, by using our gifts and our talents and our abilities to bring you honor and glory. And so God, please help us today and every day to do that, to bring you honor and glory because you're the only one who's deserving of those things. God, we thank you and we love you. Pray all this in the powerful and healing name of your son Jesus and all God's people said. Amen.